Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Sitting across from me today in this studio, this very studio downtown in lovely Dallas, is the one and only Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How are you? I'm good, Kevin. And you? You know, I'm doing. I'm really doing well. Really I'm doing glad well. to hear that. I was a little down yesterday. I had my dauber down yesterday. Why was your dauber down? Well, you know, I can't tell you. I think it's... Uh, what is your dauber? Senility. Senility. What is a dauber? Well, you know, I always had the, the feeling it had something to do with a hornet. So did I. Because of the mud dauber. Remember those? Yeah. Yeah. And it, he's called a dauber, so that must be something to do with him. Who made up that phrase, dauber down? I think that's some kind of old southern cliche. You being having been raised in the in the deep south, and me just in the the periphery of it. Uh, I have heard "Don't get your dauber down" used many times, particularly in connection with athletes who have made some error. It is generally taken to mean "Don't become depressed." Well, we know that, but it doesn't say what the origin is of dauber. We'll look up dauber and see what it says. Other than character on coach, yeah, he was not a real. And he and I can't remember his name, but you know he was the voice for Patrick the Starfish on uh, Dauber, a Spongebob. crude or inartistic painter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. Yes, well, but that's not the one we're looking for. There's another definition. I don't, I don't see a whole lot of other definitions here. Let's see. Uh, well, there's Tadab. Uh, nope. Yeah, all right. I think it's time to move on uh, from our linguistics class uh, and uh, and on to the because uh, this is our Rangers podcast. We're going to talk about those Rangers um, who've been beaten up on the dregs of the uh, of, of both leagues actually over the last couple of weeks. Um, bullying. I, I think you know it's a, it's kind of uh, kind of ugly myself to see the Rangers beat up on these poor teams. <laughs> you think it's ugly? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Well, there should be some kind of, you know, agreement. Hey, we're we're all bad and let's all hang in this together and take our, you know, uh, they're only hurt if they're by losing the, by beating these teams, they're only hurting themselves. They are. They're hurting themselves in their draft position. Correct. Uh, right now, let's see in the American League, uh there are and, and I got to tell you, you know, the four the three games before the All-Star break are at Baltimore, and that is going to be one Awful, awful weekend. Um, is, is your old pal Buck Showalter going to survive this? Listen, it's Game of Thrones up there right now between Buck and Brady Anderson and and Dan Duquette. Uh, I, I and I, you know, I don't know if he's Cersei or Jamie Lannister or who Buck is, but uh, there's there's a power struggle going on there right now, and it's it's not been good for the Orioles. Um, but they are twenty four and fifty nine. <laughs> Um, they have won one game against the American League West this year, Ugh. and that was after losing the first fifteen against the American League West. So they are one in fifteen against the American League West. And that, I read a story just this morning before this podcast uh, about our old pal Chris Davis from Longview mm-hmm. not having a not good a, having year. a good year, not at all. No, and you know what? I, I'll say this: even when he was at his peak and was and was a very good player. When they gave him that deal, seven years, I think $160 million, I remember thinking, oh, man, this is just too much money. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not one to ever say, it's not my money, what do I care? But it, it just binds up the club and keeps them from doing other things. And will is this, the problem is not giving that much money to, to a player. The problem is not giving that, is giving that much money to a player who cannot carry you. He's had since 2014. You know, since he had that big year with 53 homers, 138 RBIs, and a 1,000 
uh, for OPS. He has had one year in the last one, two, three, four, five, this being the fifth, one year with an OPS above 800. That is well below par for what you're expecting from a corner hitting, uh, power hitting defense of a big time slugger. Um, of course, this is the guy that the Rangers thought they were trading. Yeah, yeah, and, and and look, I mean, Chris Davis is in his eleventh year in the big leagues. Um, he's had a very successful big league career. If uh, oh, absolutely. Um, He's just not if he's not that happens. superstar that 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 53 home run season seemed to indicate. Well, and he's also, you know, he's he's 32 and you you know, you start to wonder if if the skills are starting to decline. That's what you wonder once everybody passes 30 these days and um he's not surrounded by a great lineup in any, by any stretch. No. Uh I think he's a guy. I haven't looked at the shift numbers against him. I think he's I'm I'm going to guess he's lost some numbers to the, some hits to the shift. Yeah. Um, but Probably. you know the on base percentage right now is two thirty. Yeah, um, that's that's just god awful. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I he's hitting one fifty eight. I think one fifty five. Yeah, at this moment, I, I think two thirty two would be on pace to be the worst on base percentage of all time. Of all time, I, I think so for a qualifying player. I'll have to double check that. But wow. let's let's talk about some Rangers while I double check that. What would you like to talk about? Well, I think you've got a little list here. Uh, you know, we we always just kind of go into this thing with off the top of our heads because we're so brilliant. Yeah, and well, I'm I'm a little bit tired of the way you've been conducting. This. <laughs> wow. Well, we started out with your first thing question today was about daubers. So I'll uh, I'll say that my questions are always a little bit better than that. But the first one you have here is: Should the Rangers bring Brat bring Brack bring back Adrian Beltre for next year? And uh, and of course they should bring him back. I mean, here here's the issue: if we have said many times, who else is going to play third base? I don't have any problem with them bringing him back if, if he's coming back with a reasonable contract and uh, and he uh, you know can still for for one thing he can still hit. Uh, he can't play third base every day, but he can still hit. Now, I would say the one issue I might have with that next year is if Willie Calhoun is up and you want him to uh, DH, then uh, he's standing in the way of that a little bit. That means that Willie would have to play in the field a little more often, which which wouldn't be bad for him. He needs to do that, uh, but that's just going to kind of uh, complicate matters somewhat. Let me just uh, non-sequitur this real quick that, um, just to get this out of the way because I know a lot of <laughs> listeners are hanging on this very moment. Um, the great former Astros manager, Hal Lanier. Hal Lanier. Holds the post-1900 record for lowest all-time on-base percentage at 222. 222. You know, we could have brought that up with Hal had with, I known that. With the 68 Giants. Um, but oh, you mean for a season? For a season, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but my favorite here um, listed, and this doesn't qualify. This actually isn't qualified, but I don't know why he's on the list. But in 1884 with um, some team. That would be the St. Paul Saints. 1884, Scrappy Carroll. <laughs> oh, Scrappy. Scrappy Carroll had a 152. It was the second lowest of all time. 152 on base percentage. Okay. I can't, First of all, I can't believe that Ed Brinkman, Roger Metzger, no, you know, they, one of those people all, wouldn't those, have had. They, they all took some walks and they had some sacrifices. And, and you know, no. No. It, 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 the, the worst of all time for a for quality. Not for, even Mario Mendoza? He of the Mendoza line? No. no. Wow. The lowest since 1900 for somebody with at least, uh, you know, a qualifying season was Hal Lanier, 230, 222. That's awful. Wow. Um, 
So anyway, let's uh, let's let's talk about Adrian Beltre. Uh, I bring this up because last last weekend um, Beltre said very clearly that he's not sure if he's going to play in 2019. Yep. Called it a very big if. Yep. Uh, but if he does play, he wants to play with the Rangers, um, and and really only wants to play here. Um, and so I, I I think the big question now is. Uh, so do you still try and trade him now? Yeah. Um, and if you do, I still try and trade anybody. Basically, uh, I think or try you know, to with, trade anybody. Basically, I think with Adrian now you've got. I think you've got some kind of. Um, there's some some special circumstances. Um, you're not going to get much for a guy who's 39 no. and and is only playing set third base two out of every three games. You're trading him. For his purposes, not Correct. yours. And so in that case, I think you'd only trade him to a team that he really wants to go to and thinks he can play regularly and Correct. win. Um, and I think that's, you owe him this favor. I think that's going to be very limited. I think it's uh, Boston, maybe. You know, Rafael Devers was not playing very well, but he had a 5-for-5 five five game the other night. He seems to be war- heating up a little bit. The Dodgers, possibly, and they might move Trey Turner over to second base. I mean, uh, uh I can't think of his first name. It's I'm, not Trey Turner. It's, I'm, a, I'm just drawing a complete blank. It's Justin Turner. Yes, that's correct. Justin Turner. They could move. They could move him to second base through a place uh, where they haven't had much production, um, and maybe uh, maybe have Beltray play third. Um, and that's really it. Uh, the Yankees don't need a third baseman. Uh, Miguel Andujar has really played well. Cleveland. I don't know that Adrian would. I, I think Adrian would look at the situation in Cleveland and say. This is a good team, but I don't think it stands a chance to beat the Yankees or Boston in the postseason. But here, here's the thing. I don't know why any team wouldn't want Even a National League team. You take him and you put him on your bench and— I don't think he's going to want to go somewhere. Don't if, I, I, I don't think he wants to go somewhere and win a championship sitting on somebody's bench. If he goes, he wants to contribute. Well, he I, wants I'm to sure play he, in, sure in the would. same role that he's playing right now. Uh, well, here's the thing. If I'm Adrian Beltre, I, I go I go sit on somebody's bench. I, I don't know that he wants to do that. And and I think that he feels I think he feels like at this point in time, um that if if the if he doesn't actually win a world championship, um, which is the thing he wants to do most in this game, if he doesn't win a world championship, it's still been a pretty good career. Um He's had a great time. We're we talking here about Texas? Adrian Beltran. Yeah, I think it's a little better than pretty good. He's uh, a Hall of Famer. Yes, but uh, you know what I'm saying. I think he feels yeah. like well, he's accomplished. If, if I have to make this, if if I have to accept this, that I won't win a world championship and I can finish out my career in 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 Texas and I can potentially come back in 2019 if I want to. Um, and he said something to me the other night about this, about that he feels like he kind of owes it to the fans. That uh, they've they've been so warm to him here, they've treated him so well uh, that he feels like he'd like to give that back. Uh, if the Rangers can't get anything of any of any use for him, um, I don't think they'll make a real strong effort to deal him unless it's somewhere he wants to go in a role he yeah. thinks he's you know that's gonna. This is all about Adrian. The rest of the year yes. is all about what Adrian wants, and it's not about what the Rangers would get for him. Right. It's not about. Um, clearing out space for a full-time third baseman, it would be all about what Adrian wants. So, yeah, um, no question. And, and now for me the question is whether or not he he's going to want to come back and play in 2019. 
You know what? I'm I'm betting he will because he's hitting so well this year uh, when he's healthy. Um, it's kind of amazing. Uh, you know, I saw his, his little. Uh, uh, what, what do we call that thing? That that heat chart that you know when the and it shows where the guy hit the heat. You know, hot kind of zones. A, kind of a hot zone thing. Yeah, yeah. hot zones thing. He <laughs> on that entire chart, there was one area down and inside. Uh, that was below 280. Mm-hmm. One area. Every other area he was hitting over 280 this season. That is just an amazing thing to me that at his age, and, and sometimes this happens with players. Sometimes guys, you know, because I was, that's the, the amazing thing about Adrian Beltre's career is that the longer it has gone, the better he's gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I go back to when the Rangers signed him as a free agent, you know, it was no big deal. People were people were questioning it like, ah, oh, he's just a, you know, he's a career year guy, right. and 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 there was no excitement in in uh, Dallas Fort Worth well, over part, him getting that deal. That's true. Part I mean, you know, partly because this team had just come off the world a World Series run. Um, he signed kind of late. Uh, there yeah. was more, concern. which tells you a little bit too. He signed late. There was more fervor over pursuing. Cliff Lee and bringing Cliff Lee back. And when he didn't sign, there was some disappointment. And so Adrian became kind of a, a, a consolation prize, um, at least in a perception. I think I think the media, uh, myself, uh, I think fans all perceived it wrong. I mean, the, guys, the guy has, if he was kind of on the outside looking in at the Hall of Fame at that point in time, he's made himself a Hall of Famer with the seven years he's had here. No question about um, it. He has been outstanding it has been a little bit like uh um and 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 uh, nolan ryan was already a hall of famer before he got here but it was a little bit like that you know when he came here uh, when he when he left houston it was like yeah big deal people in houston were, were not crushed that nolan ryan signed with the rangers and um and then everything took off and of course that that has since gone the other way uh and as a matter of fact there was a commercial i have seen lately about I don't know it's about Nolan Ryan beef or whatever it is, but it shows in the commercial. There's a lot of a lot of graphics in it, and at one point they showed two pictures of him as a player, and in and in those two pictures he's wearing Astros uniforms, not the Rangers. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Although uh, it doesn't I, say Astros across the chest, they take that off, but it's, you see the stripes. I'm just so over this at this point in time. I know, but I'm saying it's the it's the same kind of thing. Before that all went south. Nolan came here at the end of his career, and really, that's when he became beloved. That's when that's when people saw him like, sure. "Wow, look at this guy! He throws two more no hitters. He gets five thousand strikeouts. He gets the, you know, the uh, he gets the three hundredth win. You know that that's when everything clicked. Look, baseball, uh, by, baseball, uh, baseball is, I think baseball is a sport more than any other that treasures the old guys. Yeah, um, because. And p- maybe this is part of baseball's problem is that its fan base is by and large older. Um, and so people, you know, who were seeing Nolan Ryan in his 40s and who were seeing Bartolo Colon now in his 40s um, and who see Adrian Beltre on the cusp of 40, they treasure what the old guys do. Yeah. Um, because there's some nostalgia there. And, and you know, a lot of guys, not in the case of Adrian, not in the case of, uh, of Nolan, certainly, but, you know, the old guy, especially the guy who's got kind of a, a dumpy body, we all love those guys because it it reminds us of ourselves. Yeah, and, and a guy can still do that. You know, there's there's a look. What other sport do you see where a guy in his forties could still bring it like Nolan was when Nolan's throwing ninety five? Golf. 
you know. No. No. Not 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 to be competitive every day. In golf in golf, once you once you hit your forties, if you can if you can string together four good days in your forties in golf, that's a that's an amazing feat. A guy in his forties can he he'll have a couple of good days and then not. Well, I do think I do think that the way the game has – we're getting way off tar- off off subject here, but I, I do think that – What was the subject? It was Adrian Beltre at some oh, point. Okay. Um, but I do think that on golf, the game has become more about length and strength yeah, at this point absolutely. in time. 25 years ago, guys were winning into their 40s because it was much more about shot making. And, yeah, that's true. And, and at that point in time, you know, the ability to make shots – was something that I think was gleaned with more experience. But those guys, even even those old guys, they weren't okay. He he can still hit it, you know. He he can still go three hundred yards, you know. No, but they were winning tournaments with sh- w- 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 by making shots, you know. Tom, did Kite, you say something else? By making by shots. Yeah, I don't think you said something else. All right, let's, Tom let's Kite, move on. Jack let's, Nicholas. Let's move on from Watson. golf now. Uh, this is not a golf podcast. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Cole Hamels. We, we've settled the the Adrian Beltre thing. What is Cole Hamels worth? That's your next question on here. Oh, so now you're just gonna like talk like this is all format. All these were were like kind of talking points. We listen. You got charts all over the, our, our little list, our beautiful studio here. You know stuff you've written everywhere. All of a sudden, we've all become scripted. Let, let me put it this way. I arrived a little bit early for the podcast, had time on my hands, so I prepared. You arrived late, and so, you know, it's just ready to go. When I got here, all I know is they were giving Erwin uh, Thompson tutorials about how to handle the Well, they had to wait for you. Couldn't do it with me here. They had to have modulate your voice, too. They, they, they sure couldn't do People it People don't here. know that you speak like you have inhaled helium normally. <laughs> what is Cole Hamill's worth? I don't know, man. I don't know. I he's got good numbers against contending teams this year, which is a good thing. Um, he's got and good he's num- good on the road. He's been good on the road. Those are two good things. But he's given up twenty home runs. He's had two really poor back to back starts against teams uh, that aren't good. Very good. No, I will say this. And he, if you could throw out the numbers at the ballpark, which he's not going to be pitching there anymore. Right. Then it, it, a team could talk, and the, the Rangers could talk a team into that. Look, he's not going to be pitching in the ballpark. Because, you know, I thought it was really interesting the other night. It, was, I, I guess I'm, I'm watching the game, and I, I guess it was Tom uh, talking about this, and he's talking about how, well, it really seemed like the ball's carrying the right center. You know, and it's like, Tom, have you, have you been in the ballpark before? I know, I know the effect out there is the jet stream is not what it once was. But it, 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 the, the last couple of weeks, I will say this, it's it picked has up. really been blowing. It has. Um, and it's, and it's picked up, and it's a little more so. It's kind of like it used to be before they unplugged. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, with all the with all the dirt that's being moved over there for the stadium and for Texas Live, walk into the stadium at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's ninety eight, ninety nine degrees outside, and that dust is blowing around. And I, you know, I I feel like I'm walking through the Sahara. Um, it's <laughs> it, it is it, it is amazing. Stuff is blowing all around. Um, sandstorms coming through. I think I saw a haboob out there the other day. I saw. I see a boob right now, yeah. right across from me. Uh, I here's here's the deal on Cole Hamels. I still think that um, I think one the Rangers have to hold out to try and get their best deal possible for him. They can't just move him to move him. They've got to try and get their best deal possible. And I think yeah. I think that that means you're you're going to wait for him to come off of a really good start. You're going to wait. Um, you're trying. You're going to try and wait a little bit longer. Um, and and I think for me. If I was if I was handicapping this, I, I think three teams to me stand out 
um, because they'll be easier to make a deal with, and that's Seattle, Atlanta, and Philadelphia. None of those teams can he block a trade to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not on his no trade protection list. And the the thought process is that if if he if the Rangers present a trade to him to a team that's on his no trade list, he's going to ask for his contract next year to be uh, his option next year to be picked up. Right. That's a that's a twenty million dollar um, commitment. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of teams are going to view him as a $20 million pitcher. So either the Rangers are going to have to be willing to pick up some of that salary as well, yep. or they trade him to a team that that's going to get them off the hook for, for some money potentially um, and not take a, maybe take a little bit lesser return. But, you know, if you do get Atlanta and Philadelphia and Seattle all kind of competing for him, uh, I think that's significant. The other question that I've got right now is, Toronto's in the same situation as the Rangers. They got to they got to move people. They've got Jay Happ, and he's a left-hander. He's you know same age as Hamels. He's pitched as well. He's pitched better than Hamels this year. Um, he's not as financially. Uh, there's even with with what's left on his contract this year. There's not the financial obligation that there is with, with Hamels. So does Cole does Cole fall behind Jay Happ in terms of value and when he gets moved? I don't know. You know, I, I the other thing is people think people talk about Cole Hamels as a big game pitcher. He was a big game pitcher in 2008. 2015, he pitched well in the postseason. 2016, this team lost largely yeah. because Hamels and you Darvish fell oh. flat on their faces. Yeah. And that's that's an issue. Uh, I I think you what you would hope I I think a team trading for him would hope that well he he's got that pedigree though that, that maybe he can summon that and bring that back and and there are times when he he looks really good and there are times he just gives up uh, home runs you know he's 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 doing it way too much this year um, you know it's, it looks to me it's it's more and more like Darvish all the time uh, cruising along doing really well and then boom everything blows up in his face and and uh, I didn't think you know I did not think he looked good at any point on. Sunday. No, you're right. I mean, he 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 gave up some stuff. You know, I was really surprised though. Uh, this was not a good decision to run uh, Isaiah Conifalefa out there as his catcher that day. Not a good idea. This is the guy you're trying to deal. You want to make him look as good as he can possibly can, and you're running a kid out there who's never caught. And you know, so he he misses. He he, he doesn't corral the third strike. The guy gets on, and then everything blew up on him at that. Now. Now, that wouldn't have been the third out. It would have just been the second out. But the thing is, to me, uh, don't don't be running him out there with Hamels. Run him out there with anybody else, but not with Hamels. Not a guy you're trying to deal. I I, I can see that point. Um, I think the other the other element of it would be that if you're if if this is also about developing your best young catcher um, and giving him the opportunity to succeed, you would think that the easiest job would be catching your best pitcher yeah but you know here's the thing uh, I, i'll say this the kid has played he uh, catcher extremely well I, i'm i'm amazed at how well he's done it but you know as i've said before this fascination with trying to find a guy who can play you know eight positions is just beyond me i just i don't think it's as valuable as they make it out to be and and uh, and, and not for a club that is so far away that has so many other issues this is the last thing you need to develop not the first thing. And it always seems like with the Rangers, it's on the front burner with them to find that super sub. So, you know, I'm, I'm always I, a little put off by it. I, I think it's, I, I think it is, I think with, 
Isaiah it is. The Rangers feel like he can catch, and they need to. They want to give him opportunities, and they feel like this kid has a special set. A, the, the ability to learn at the big league level from both success and failure. I think they feel like he's got that level of maturity. And I, you know, I asked Jeff Bannister after Sunday's game if they felt like limited playing time and and continued exposure to big to the big leagues and being around big leaguers if they feel like it's worth more than starting every day at catcher for the next two months at 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 uh round rock and you know it was in the post game session so it wasn't going to get the best possible answer but he he indicated uh at least at that point in time you know that they feel uh in the affirmative uh that it is a, a benefit right now for him to be at the big league level. Carlos Perez is on rehab right now. Maybe the Rangers will will decide, hey, let's send Isaiah down for a couple weeks, let him start every day at catcher, get through the deadline, and then we'll bring him back up. But I, I feel like he's one of my guys going forward. I'm keeping him up here. I'm playing him uh, as often as I can around the, the diamond, keeping him in the lineup. Uh, but it is, you know, with – with Profar having to move around, with Chu now limited in the outfield, with Beltre somewhat limited defensively, it makes it difficult to try and mesh all these moving pieces uh, into into an everyday lineup. Yes, it does. Yeah. All right, number three uh, has Rudnett Odor turned a corner, and I would like to. I will say that yes, he has turned a corner, and there is another corner uh, in another ten feet. Yeah, there's he's there's, in a maze. There's there's constantly corners for these guys to to to, to tune to, to turn to turn or to, to, to tune to, either way to turn. But he his at bats the last two three weeks have looked dramatically different. They, look, he looks he's working really hard, and we keep hearing that, and uh, and I'm sure that's true. You, <laughs> the crazy thing about it is, and I'm sure fans feel this way too, is like why weren't you working really hard before? Well, I let me let me give you this explanation. I'm hoping to write a little bit more about this. In, in in the upcoming days, but I think there was never an issue with how hard Rugi worked. I think the issue was with how well he focused on what the task in that work was. Um, if he went out swinging with Mike Napoli, you know, Mike had Mike had whatever his routine was, um, and he had that in his head, and he knew what he was doing in that routine. I think Rugi went to go swing with him and just emulate him. I don't know that he was able to grasp what exactly Napoli was trying to do. I think in, in, in some of the defensive drills that he had done in the past, he did all the work. He went out there and he ran around and he sweated and he did all that. I think it was the idea of filtering out, okay, what's the purpose in taking this first step this way? Uh, what What is this going to do for me? And he said to me the other day, he said, I'm able to listen better. Uh, I, I think he's been challenged over the last month. I think there were a lot of circumstances that came together. You had Profar playing well. You had Kiner Falefa playing well. You had Elvis about to come back from the DL. And so there was, you know, the thing hanging over him. They could possibly send him out. or They could possibly sit him down for a while. Uh, and, and I don't think in the past they've had that uh, that ability to go to Rugi and say, you don't do this. You're not going to play. Well, they've sent him down before, and, and they sent him down in 2015. Yeah, but that's that's four years ago. Now. It was that's three years ago. Four seasons. Okay, 
three seasons. Three seasons. Yeah. I, I, you know, this is why they wanted you only to count to five. Yeah. Keep going. We testing Talk. the uh, microphone. We're on a roll here. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can buy into all that. What it comes down to is that they gave him, he had some success. He gave him a big contract and and you're on top of the world. And not until you've realized that, Hey, listen, you got to do, uh, look, there's some competition here. You can't just get away with, with this. And they haven't had competition for it. No, they haven't. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of the same old thing. It's, it's a shame that kind of had to come to that point, uh, because he should have come to that, uh, two years ago. And and or or last year and before the middle of this year. So I I, but, uh, I agree with all of that, but I, I I still come back to this. And no matter no matter how you slice it, these he was a in 2016 when he had the punch and ended up getting the check after the season. He was 22. Um, yeah. I, well, you know, and I, and that's another thing. We make a lot of excuses for these guys for being young, and and the and the Nationals have a 19 year old uh starring for them at this point he starred for how long he's starring how long i don't know how long has soda played uh i don't know how long how long has he been he's hitting 330 the last i looked he's played 38 games in the big leagues okay i you know that he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a superstar he may he may be but there's gonna be adjustments he's gonna have to make too yes he will you know Ruggie's what what i'm saying is is that once you have yes he Ruggie is young but once you have made the big leagues and you've been in the big leagues for several years now you need to get it i and and that's and that's the and, and for me that's the issue with with some of these guys is that you that this is why you need to have uh, well, it's the same thing. We saw the same thing with Elvis. Yes, I completely you know, agree. But Elvis I also, took forever to finally reach his potential. It's the 1% of the 1% that reaches the big leagues, okay? And it's the 1% of that that completely grasps not only their tools, but all the concepts and the reasons why and becomes a superstar in the 21, 22-year-old. I'm not asking him to become a superstar. I'm asking him to become a productive, everyday player. And Absolutely. That, and that is, the, that is the thing that, uh, especially when you see a guy, and, and, and Elvis is another case. Elvis is very similar to, to Ruggie in the fact that he just didn't take it seriously enough. And and, and then when he finally did and he, and, he, and he realizes it, then he becomes a really good shortstop. Uh, and so – I just think that uh, it, it's frustrating that as, a, as an observer to see guys who have the ability to be really good players and show, really show something, uh, and then they, they get a little lost, uh, and, and, and then they have to work hard, and then it's all of a sudden things start to come together. Now, I, now I'm glad it's happening, obviously, uh, and, he's a, and he's a good kid, and, uh, and obviously so is Elvis, and, and, and there's not a bad guy in the whole bunch, uh, except maybe in the bullpen. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's some passive aggressiveness there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on to question number four. What is the number one thing, unless you want to say no one thing, is that what you're saying? Or or number number one, one. there's a period. Okay. What is the number one thing you want to find out the rest of the way? Number one. Well, I'm asking you that too. You are? Yeah. Okay. Well, usually I ask this question, then you say something because you then you start talking, and then I get to well, say, "Uh, uh, 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 uh Yeah, that's I, what I get. You've had the you've had time of possession. I think way too much. I think that. if we look at some of those answers that came out last week, I asked a question, and it was I think twelve words, and then on the little, the little transcription thing they had on our website, and then your thing came up, and it was twelve hundred words. 
That's about the proper proportion. <laughs> yeah. What is it, Kevin? You are listen. First of all, you're older than me. Yes, much. Yes. Secondly, you know you're supposed to be a seasoned veteran uh, observer. Is this going back game. to that thing that we we're just talking about? Oh, I'm young and I'm still learning. Correct. Yeah. Very young. I'm very young. Kevin, what is the number one thing you want to see? The, rest uh, of the, the number one thing I want to see is all these guys gone. Which guys? All of them. Every single one of them. No, I seriously, I want to see them. I want to see Chu moved. I'm not nothing against Shin Su Chu, a really good guy who's having a good season. They need to get him out of the way so Willie Calhoun, who is now starting to hit, can come up and get some at-bats in the rest of this season. He needs to get some at-bats at the major league level mm -hmm. the rest of this season. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see Cole Hamels move. Just, they're not going to get a lot for him. Actually, I, actually, you know what? The funny thing is it matters less to me about Cole Hamels being moved because I don't think they're going to get a lot for him. And, uh, and who's going to pitch in his place? Correct. There's nobody. I mean, th there's nobody you want to see. There's nobody who can pitch. I mean, let's. It's going to be brutal. Well, just, just understand. You know, the last two guys Rangers have added to the rotation are Giovanni Gallardo <laughs> and Austin Bivens. Great. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's it's brutal. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not like they're making room for no. for stars here. So that means choose the number one thing that has that has to happen. They got to move you. You would think so. And whatever it takes. To get something back, you know, whether that means you're picking up 90% of his salary, whether you, you know, and you're getting a couple of prospects for it or a prospect for it, you know, I, I, to me, I'd almost, as we've explained before about the sunk costs and everything else, and, and I don't think people always understand this, it doesn't make any difference if, if Willie Calhoun is the guy who replaces him as a designated hitter. He's right. going to be making the major league minimum. Right. You're not going to be paying any more, right. essentially, for that position than you would be paying if Chew were still here. Listen, I, here, here's the way the way I feel is that they've budgeted that money, right? Yep. Um, and since you've budgeted that money uh, and you have committed that money, go ahead and use that money to obtain talent. And so if that means that you have to pay – uh, well over half of this contract, more close, closer to eighty percent of this yeah, contract. Yeah, absolutely. You pay it to get some talent back. In this is where ownership that, has to come through. In lieu of that, okay. Yeah. At this point, and as well as she was playing, and I do think he has been an asset to this team. Yeah. I think he has lifted them. I think he's been great in the clubhouse. But I do think the one place where you have to create playing time now is for Willie Calhoun. Yeah. And so if this means you move Chu, and somebody says, "Well, we'll pay half the contract." But we're giving you nothing, you know. You're getting, you're getting an organizational player at, at Class A. You got to do it, you because if you save some money, then that is money that you can spend later on. Absolutely, you you, you I, just have to move, create room for Calhoun. I'd rather. But them, that's not the number one thing I want to see. All right, well, hold on, man. I, I just to say one more thing. I'd rather them pay ninety percent and get a get a prospect. Oh, I, I, I or ninety five percent. Listen, listen I if it was everything but the major league minimum. Um, which is basically what the the absolute mandate would be. Yeah, uh, I'd be willing to do that if it got you a legitimate prospect. It's not going to, no matter what you do, not going to get you a top hundred guy. It's not going to get oh, you somebody no. in an organization's top five or top ten. No. But if it gets you a legitimate prospect, yes, absolutely, I'd be willing to do that. Yeah. Um, and Let me yeah, ask you this then: Do you get an indication ownership would do that? Uh, this ownership group is so underground; it's hard to it's hard to get a read. I would like to think that John Daniels would be emphasizing that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there's certainly uh, 
not that not that job security or anything like that would be would be a real concern. But if it ever was for John Daniels that hey, this bad contract is going to come back to haunt you, he just got an extension. Yeah. Okay. So the security is there. I feel like it is incumbent upon this team to find a way to move Sinshu Chu. Um, that's uh, that's the bottom line, and I think management understands that. I think ownership understands the concept it's still and it's easy for us to say it's a sunk cost it's a sunk cost it's another thing for somebody to be willing to say i'm paying money for somebody to play for another team that's always a vanity issue it's always it's always a big test and the rangers haven't had to do that with this ownership group so um this will this will be a big test for them And, and i think it's something they have to they have to do and and, and again, maybe it is a sliding scale. You say, okay, how much are we willing to pay to get something? How much, you know, are we willing to, to, ha- or, or what's the value of the extra money that we may get in terms of using for free agency in the future? Whatever. Um, the number one thing I want to see the rest of the way because I am all about the future, and the future is. Is that why you're wearing that little space outfit yes. today? Yes. Um, I need to see Joey, I need to see Joey Gallo grasp what he has to do yeah. to to be a legitimate offensive th- a more well-rounded offensive threat. He has got to get the on-base percentage up by 30 points. Um he's got to get the OPS up over 800, well over 800. I I'd, I'd like to see him back in the 850 range by the end of this year. Maybe he is going to be a guy who's a second half player. He was a second half player last year. But I don't know that I can count on him having another 900 plus OPS for the for uh, for the second half. Um, I've seen some improvements. I think he is hitting the ball the other way more, but the numbers are not good. And yeah. the on base percentage to me still is. I, I look past the the batting average to some extent, but the on base excuse me is under 300, and that's that's just not acceptable. Especially since you know, the other night. The other night, I think the Rangers had, and they were facing, you know, to to balance out the lineup a little was was a big part of this. But they had Ryan Rua hitting in front of Joey Gallo. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just look the body language is bad. You know, I thought that, that you know two years ago you saw him. It was just oh my gosh, it was just brutal. He's up there just hacking, and he looks completely lost. And then last year, I I really saw improvement. I just thought that the bats were good. And he was taking walks, and and he really wasn't going the other way that much. But he was just taking walks. He wasn't he wasn't chasing as much. And now he's just chasing everything. He can't catch. And the bad thing is, you know, you throw him a ninety five mile an hour. And Joey's six five. You throw him a, a ninety five mile an hour fastball uh, at the letters. And he should not miss that. He should not miss that, and he's missing it. Here's the here is a good thing for Gallo is that over the he, he's walked in each of the last five games. Um, Has he? That that to me, you know, that to me is a good sign. And and part of it, you know, there's been a pair of home runs in there. If he walks and he forces pitchers to throw strikes, or or strikes over the over the plate, the chances are going to go up that he's going to make contact. And in two of the, and has he hit two home runs or one? He's hit two home runs in the both last... of them were to center field too, right, a little bit of right center, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good sign. Yeah. He's not just pulling it. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was good. I, I think what we see with this team, which is really intriguing to me uh, to watch, is that, uh, you know, first of all, the fact that they lead the majors in walks, which is 
phenomenal uh, that they have gotten to that point. And I think when their backs are to the wall, they are they are much more selective then. And then they and then they really do force pitchers to pitch to them, and um, and that has worked very much in their favor, especially in this winning streak that they've had. You know, they yes, they are beating bad teams, but the but the situation is is that they are forcing those teams to to play to their game, which I think has been very impressive uh, in in this streak. But Joey's got to do a lot more of that. He just has to take that approach every at bat. Oh, absolutely. They all do every at bat. Well, they they do, but, but, it, but him the, especially. Because selectivity he, and discipline has been over the last month has been the single biggest improvement um, in, in this in this team. And if that's something that continues throughout the year, that's that that's a significant adjustment. But it is putting pressure on teams. It is ratcheting up pitch counts. It is getting them to to middle relievers earlier, guys who either throw straight strikes or who can't find the strike zone, and that's what leads to you know that's what leads to offensive explosions. I would I would say the one caveat I would have for that is that look, what else are they going to do? Uh, some of these guys are not hitting. That you you got to get up there and be selective. You got to get up there and, and take a walk. Um, so, uh, you know, once they have success, that's the problem with this team. Once it has success, then everybody goes back to the same old thing before. Right. You know, we're just we're just swinging wildly. So I want to see this team once it starts to have success and the guys start to have success at the plate that they that they keep this approach. This is not something that they just do when our backs are against the wall. So I want to get this. I want to get this straight. Yeah. You want them to have a good approach all the time. Yes. Pretty much. That, so that that's your philosophy. Win or lose. Yes, that's my philosophy. Have, uh, have good approach. Well, let me tell you something. This is an organization that uh, has not, I'll say, when was the last time these guys had a good approaches at the play? I mean, there weren't a lot of guys. I mean, I go way way back to the Will Clark days. That's that's back when guys were working at bats and they were really smart at the plate and, and they knew what they were doing. Pretty much since then, they've been free swingers, uh, even in their successful, even in the days with you know the 2010-11, the Josh Hamilton teams. You know, he's the he's the quintessential Ranger to me in the fact that, boy, he was great at it. Uh, but then you could also he chase anything, you know. So, all right, that's that's question number four. Now we moved on to number five, which you have written about uh, recently, and. and uh, and the question is, has Delano DeShields become an elite center fielder? And you showed you trotted out your metrics and they were very good. And I was I was surprised at the defensive run saved, especially when you the, the two, one that he has saved more runs than any other center fielder in baseball, and he's second in all of base in all positions mm-hmm. with fifteen runs saved. Which is tremendous, uh, and and there's no question watching Delino play center field now. His routes are much better. He's much more confident in the field. Now he did not look good the other night. Not uh, he he came in on a ball and, and gave up a triple to Abreu. Oh, that there, was on Sunday. There's occasion, you know, there's occasionally a ball that will snake on him a little bit. Um, yeah, and that was and that he didn't have a good game there. Here's my answer to that question: No, he is not an elite center fielder, and he is not because of the arm. You know, uh, he he's. He's certainly well worth playing out there, mm-hmm. you know, because of the run saved. There's no question about that. But but guys just run on him, mm-hmm. you know. When Obreu's going to third on him and he's lobbing that ball in, you know, and he hits him on the elbow, that just that looked terrible. So guys are taking extra bases on him, uh, and they and they and they will run on him, and that's just always going to be an issue for him. Unfortunately, he's just he can't get himself. 
at, on that one play came in. He was trying to run in through the ball to make the for the tag at third, you know, and and have some momentum. And he misjudged it, and he had to jump to catch the ball, and then he made the throw, and it was just you know pitiful. So. He he can't he can't make that throw, so that keeps him from being an elite center fielder. But for this team and what they have, he's well worth playing in center field because of the run save, because he does get to so many balls, because he does go into the wall, because he is fearless, uh, and and I give him all of that. Uh, all those things make him worth playing. But it, to be elite, you got to be a guy who's going to be throwing people out. I think elite. I, I think the arm may not uh, maybe the reason he doesn't win a Gold Glove, uh, but I it, it'd be hard for me to identify three American League center fielders who were playing better than him this year. Uh, it would be a little bit easier if Byron Buxton was having uh, the kind of year he had last year, or if Kevin Kiermeyer had been healthy. But both those guys have been hurt uh, and have missed a significant amount of time. Um, but they got Leonis Martin. Leonis, Leonis is always good. Leonis Martin, uh, Mike Trout, Kevin yeah. Pillar. Mike Trout not a great arm. He doesn't have a great arm, but and he's never won a Gold Glove because yeah. I, I think partly because of it. Right. Um, Which but, should tell you something. But I I don't know that I, I'm going to tell you. I mean I think people have seen. You look at the metrics and you watch. You've watched Leonis Martin. He's got a great arm. Yes, he does. Um, and he can go and get the ball really yes. well. Yes, he can. But he makes way too many boneheaded mistakes. Um, Are you talking about in the field? Yeah, in the field. Um, and and I I feel like I I feel like if Leonis had been able to go and get the ball the way Delino has, if Leonis had made the improvements the way Delino has in the outfield, that's your elite center fielder right there. Yeah. Um, but going back to the thing issue I had a while ago about about smart players. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I love Delano. He's a great kid. He's fun to talk to, uh, and and he and he gets it. And he's taking notes. And, and he and he you know he's raised by a major league uh, player. Uh, he still does some things you you wish he wouldn't do. Uh, not so much in the field anymore, but on the base pass, he's 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 done things here and there. But for the most part, Delano is a smart kid, mm-hmm. and and he and he wants to work hard to be better. I think he's. But you know, just like the guys we were talking about before, he was a number one pick. He, he you know, and he was yeah. left exposed in the Rule Five draft. Absolutely, he wants to prove that that the Astros made a mistake, right? And and they did make a mistake. You know, he, he's a, he's a legitimate player. They should not have left him exposed, right? Uh, he he could play for the Astros. So uh, you know, I, I think that um, you know he's going to be. I'm vacillating on him because he, as well as he's playing defensively, he's not having a good offensive year. Now he's starting, to, as you pointed out in your story, uh, he's starting to hit again. But you know, he he completely stopped bunting the ball, which you know, with a guy as fast as he is and who bunts as well as he does, that's just insane. You know, uh, when you're not hitting, bunt the ball. You know, that, that that's just simple uh, when you can do it like he can. So he. He takes one step forward and one step back. You know, he uh, he he's getting he's better defensively, and he certainly deserves to play on this team. But he leads the majors in bunt hits. He does, but he could do it more. He you know, I, I I think well, know, especially when you're not hitting. That's that's the issue. Well, I think he you're got swinging into away. A, you're not hitting. I think he got into a bad habit in May, um, trying to do 
more than he was probably capable. This team had a number of guys out. It was struggling. He feels like he is one of the young vets and one of the leaders. And he tried to swing his way out of a slump. And that's yeah. that's what he needs to do is find his way on base, whether yes. that's via walk, via the bunt hit, via a ground ball. That's what he needs to do. He has gotten back to that in June. What did, what did Delano always say? His most important thing is that i got to score a run every right. game. Right. And see, when he had that mindset. But I, 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 go, I, I go back to this, that, and it's uh, all things considered, yeah. I mean, all of these guys are young players. You, yeah. you know, you, you're asking guys to keep to keep a philosophy for a for a long 162 game season, and there's going to be ups and downs in there, especially with guys in their 20s. You know, it it just you, it, we remember what we were like in our 20s, and yes, these were no, elite I, athletes. I don't remember. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, and, and yes, these are elite athletes, but it's still that thought process, and 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 guys can get into bad habits and. And can't figure things out on on their own sometimes. But that's the see that's the thing to me. That's that what the, separates good players and great absolutely, players. There's but, no doubt. But that's the beauty of Delino, is the speed. Yes, the speed is always there. And and so to me, uh, I'm not hitting. Drop a bunt. You know. And 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 that's and the, and that's what he and that's what he brings you. Right. That's what he needs to understand is that I always bring that because yes, hitting comes and goes. You know, you, I'll, you're I'll, not always going to hit. Let me give you an example of something. And this is. Uh, I will use, and I uh, this is a terrible analogy, but I I'm just throwing this out there. There's 800 different websites that I can use for data right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, but there's a lot. 796, I think. Um, and I will find inevitably I will find something on a website that I feel is like really usable. Okay. It, it really backs up a point that I was that backs I backs up looking. your point. Backs up a point, or or you know, like in the case of Delino, it, it really stood out in terms of the defensive. Sure. Numbers. Well, there were several that backed that up. Right. Um, and and I I'll, I'll find something on a website, and I'll go back to that website, and I'll go back to that website, and then I'll find another website, and you know, I'll work those in, and then all of a sudden I realize that, that somewhere along the line, there's been there's been like a period of time that goes by where I haven't gone to this other website that I used to find useful, and you just it just doesn't enter your brain now. He has got the thing that's got to be at the top of his list always is get on base. And yeah, right. whether that's, you know, there are, there are three ways. There are only three methods here. Get the ball on the ground, you know, line drive, ball on the ground somewhere, walk, or put a hit, bunt. There's a hit by pitch. That's like five. I think. Well, I don't think you think about, <laughs> I'm going to go up here and take a hit by pitch. I mean, but you know what I'm saying. Right. You know, it, it, it doesn't, you're, you're not worrying about hitting the ball on the gaps in, in, in Dublin. You are worried about getting a single for him. He's 16 of 18 in stolen bases this year. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's taken 12 extra bases uh, when he's had the opportunity on balls in the dirt. A single with him is, an, is, is, is more than likely going to result in, not more than likely, but there's a good chance it becomes an extra base. 50-50. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's, that's the learning process he's got to go through. It was, it was bad. You know, he rushed back from that, that hamate bone injury, and I give him all the credit in the world for coming back from an injury that most guys missed six weeks. Uh, he missed half that time. Um, but, you know, I went up there and talked to him at, 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 uh, at Frisco. Oh, why don't you talk to somebody? What? Wow. Are you making? Are you taking a shot at me? Me? Yeah. No. No, but the point was is that this is exactly what we talked about at that time was bunting. And he got up there in Frisco, and he and he dropped a couple of bunts there. So I'm thinking, 
This is what he's and and if you're and if Maybe your wrist has been off. if your wrist has been bothering you, then on a swing I can understand that wrist is bothering me on a swing when I'm coming through. I, that's certainly understandable. Not on a bunt, but then he just stopped bunting. Stopped, you know, and 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 that is to to me, uh, you know, I don't I don't get it. I just no, don't, it, I don't it, get it. Listen, it was a bad month. It was a mistake. I think we can reason out reasons why 20 year olds make mistakes in thought process he's not 20 he's 20 year olds that, that's the decade i'm talking about the decade okay are of you the really 20s. Of the 1920s the flappers calvin coolidge tell me what was it like to cover coolidge <laughs> i give it the great line from dorothy parker when they and when when she was told that he was dead she said how could they tell oh, that's good Kevin. way to bring the young readers in. All right, what uh, what else do you want to talk about with the Rangers? Really... I'd like you to get closer to the microphone. I I'm, I, re- I'm... I realize you think the microphone follows you around as you're wandering around. Uh, Tommy, is my modulation? How's my modulation in there? It's terrible. No, it's, it's fine. Well, I do. I did notice a spike just a couple seconds ago. Because I'm yelling now. Because Kevin's angered me. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, just don't yell as loud. Yeah, don't yell as loud. I could lower your mic, but you know that requires work. I think that I think that probably we're done talking about the Rangers. You think so? Yeah, that's enough. You want to get those were your five questions. You want to get to our summer hodgepodge? Well, I think we got a TV thing coming out. Yeah, we We got a wrap for our live shot. What? Sorry, the the live shot. The TV. What time is your live shot? It's coming up in a few minutes. Yeah, a few minutes. Yeah, a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. Got fives. (laughs) That's what uh, that's what Irwin says. Yeah. If you want to go five more minutes. That is so great. That's I, I, I don't want to spend five more minutes with Kevin. Why would I want to do that? Is the hodgepodge for this one or for the next one? It's, it's for the next it's one. It's for the next okay. one. No, well, no, then yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. You could, you could say goodbye now. <laughs> I guess Tommy's ready for us to cut this off, isn't he? Tommy. No, you, I'm just kidding. You used to be so warm. Uh, well, you know, I, I got to know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Tommy on this podcast. <laughs> Tommy, cutting this down. Cutting us down to size. Tommy, I was going to give you some sparklers from my wife, and I uh, saw that. And now, now I don't know. Oh, you're taking them back. I might. Yeah, Ouch. I might. Well, we can't light flames in the studio anyway. Oh no, no, I, I got that cleared with oh, the okay. uh, with the uh, with Mike Wilson. Uh, well, somebody or the landlord. I'm just going to say that somebody said I could do this. Okay. Yeah. Many, many people said that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, listen. We'll say goodbye for now, and we'll turn this over to whoever is going to come in here and and wow Channel Five. Um, and then we'll be back with. I'm really excited about our summer hodgepodge podcast. Yeah, Look, Kevin. I made a list of things. You got a lot of things. You got nine, you had five questions for our Rangers, and now you got nine up here. Nine. Well, that means we're going to spend a lot less time on each question. Are we? We're going to move fast. I know that's something you're unaccustomed to. No. We'll, we'll look at the transcripts and see what they say. Okay. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, Kevin, you want to say t- take us out? Yeah. So, from everybody in here to everybody out there, we'll see you. Bye. <laughs>